from the laptop. Dope. So what we are discussing right now, we are discussing the first part of lecture, which is just straight up investment game, right? So I want. So the question is, what is attraction? What is it? Um, what most people think attraction is, most people think attraction is a feeling. They think it's like magnetism. If you were to ask, you know, a numerous amount of dating coaches, they all specifically think attraction is either a feeling, it's a specific, it's a state, it is just simple arousal. But the problem with all of that is that is that shit's too vague. Attraction is not a feeling. And here's why I want here's why I want you to think about attraction isn't a feeling. Because I want you to imagine like somebody like wins the lottery and all of a sudden their dad dies. The moment they find out their father dead, I don't give a fuck how amazing that that lottery just was. They're instantly going to be feeling depressed, right? It's the same thing with attraction. Attraction is fucking fleeting. It's a fleeting emotional state, like horniness. Someone's horny one moment, then they're not. She's attracted one minute, then she's not. That's because attraction, realistically, psychologically, it's termed as arousal. It's a state of heightened emotions. That's all it is. It's, you are aroused. Your emotions are aroused, which means they're just slightly heightened. That is it. But there's nothing tangible about that. That's, it's not malleable to be able to use. So the way that attraction really works in psychology, it's called the sunk cost principle or the, the principle of least, uh, least interest or least equity. So the way to make this really simple, I want you to imagine you've got a car. And I want you to imagine it's your dream car. I want you now to imagine that that dream car is going to cost you about $100,000 to be able to acquire because you believe when you get that dream car that you are going to get laid. So you sacrifice the next 10 years of your life to be able to acquire that dream car. You, sac you, 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 you literally you sell pretty much everything you have to give you the nest egg necessary in order for you to get that dream car. Because you believe when you get that dream car that you're going to get laid. That's, there's no truth behind that, but, that's, but this is what you believe. So you work for the next 10 years of your life to be able to get that dream car. There's no, there's no, nothing goes wrong. You get the dream car. When you pull up to your house, it's your first day having the car. You pull up and you see a car exactly like the one you just made a purchase on. But that car you won in an auction six months earlier. You've got two cars. You cannot keep them both because it's too expensive between gas and between insurance and overall maintenance. Which car do you sell? Do you sell the one that you've won or do you sell the one that you've worked 10 years for? Exactly, right? And here's, here I would imagine, I want you to imagine that there was like a dirt skid that was upon that, was on that car. I want, I want you to imagine that like it was like a slight, you know, there was like a slight, maybe like, like slight dirt on the paint or whatever. Maybe like a slight chip. I bet you you still would keep that car just because it even allows you to, uh, to identify that that car is yours, to separate the two. Because the one that you worked 10 years for is a, re is a representation of your time, the things you cannot get back. So I want you to imagine now that you, you have a, a project at work. Your boss says, hey, buddy, we need you to get this presentation done in a, in a period of two weeks. You say, boss, no problem. I'll get it done. So you slave away the next two years of your life to get the project done. You sacrifice your social life. You sacrifice, um, you know, any time with your family and going out to eat. And just, you know, sacrifice your overall general life just to get the job done. The time comes up. You hand the project into your boss. The boss tells you, hey, buddy, I'm so sorry. We actually used one of your earlier projects. We actually don't need this one. How do you feel? 
Why? You feel pissed off, exactly. Because you feel like your time has been wasted. Exactly, right? That, and that's exactly the whole point about time, right? What's, so what's valuable about time is the thing is we can't marry it, we can't steal it, we can't even make more of it, right? So time is the most valuable thing possible. So now I want you, now I want you to think about a guy and a girl sitting on a park bench. The guy is doing the bulk of the talking for four hours uh, and the girl isn't doing that much talking. Who likes who? Okay, so, and now I want you, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You said because, go ahead. Exactly. Precisely. Okay. Exactly, because nobody's going to spend four hours with you if they don't particularly want something from you. Okay, so because we know that somebody is, that somebody is investing time into you, then you already are aware that more than likely that you're going to want a reward on investment for the time that you put into something. So if we know that if we so if we know that we put our time and energy into something So if we know that we put our time and energy into something that we're going to want a reward on investment, would it be safe to say that you are going to be kind of attracted to that dream car if you put time and energy into it? Okay. Okay. Would it be safe to would it be safe to say that you're slightly attracted to that girl or any business deal that you put time and energy in trying to close? I mean, I guess the most the most the more time I invest, the more I want it. Exactly. Because time is the one thing that we don't get back. It's the most valuable thing on the planet. So, the name of the game with game is to trigger and to cycle investment over and over and over again because the more investment that you were able to elicit from someone the more they are going to want a reward for the time the energy and the investment they have put into you okay okay so now let's let's skip note there's two ways of being able to trigger investment one is we call principles of attraction these are things that you can set up in your life that will give someone a reason to believe that they should invest when they originally don't think that they should, right? So a girl looks at someone like Brad Pitt. When she meets him, she to some degree believes that she should invest. Why? Because he's socially proofed, he's pre-selected by other women, he's got a lot of media exposure and media attention, which is still social proof. So a woman looks at him and deems him as someone that is worthy to invest in because of the social proof that he has. Okay, so the next one in order to trigger investment is your actual game. And that's what we're going to get into after we go through the principles of attraction. So you've got six principles of attraction that you want to, that you want to start building and you want to start working on. I am still working on mine. I am not finished with working on mine, but I am ever increasingly aggressively working on my principles of attraction and implementing more and more of those things in my life to where I become attractive by default without having to actually say something to prove that I'm attractive. What that actually looks like, it's called going places. So P-L-A-C-E-S. The P, the P is for pre-selection. The L, pre-selection. 
The L is for leadership. Okay. The A is for ambition. Okay. The C is for confidence. Okay. The E is for excellence. Okay. And the S is for social intelligence. Okay, so let's break this down. Why is so pre-selection, right? Pre-selection is basically being deemed attractive by members of the opposite sex. Benedict Jones in 2005 did a study where they had women look and judge a pair of male, a pair of male, male faces. They asked the women um, in a scale of attractiveness who was more attractive, the unattractive or the attractive male. We all know she chose the attractive male as physically being more attractive. Now. They were able to reverse the results where the unattractive man was deemed as attractive and the attractive man was deemed as unattractive. The way they did that by including a pair of female faces looking at the unattractive man and smiling and at the attractive man giving him a neutral to negative facial expression. Okay. The next, the next study, what they did was they asked women, how attractive is this male? They just gave him a rating. Then they asked them, how attractive is this married guy? Instantly, by hearing the words that he was married, they viewed him as more attractive just by hearing he was, he was married. Scientifically, pre-selection is the only proven attraction trigger. It's the only thing that we can actually prove in science. Okay. So... Okay, okay. So the next, the actual next is leadership. There's two types of leadership. There's what we call alpha leadership and social leadership. Or territorial leadership, sorry, territorial leadership and social leadership, which you can just call alpha leadership. Okay. Okay, so they did a, they did a study where they, 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 sh they showed that women are actually attracted by watching a male put other males down simply because he was the leader of a group. So even if he was putting somebody down and it wasn't right, women deemed him as attractive just because he was the leader of a group. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the first style of leadership is territorial or alpha leadership. This I want you to imagine as the bouncer of the club. You say, hey, man, I, you know, I wanna go, I wanna, um, I'd love to go ahead and go to the bathroom. He says no. He takes the authority upon himself to tell you no. He doesn't say that this is the club's policy. He says, I've said you can't go there. Okay. There's another form of leadership. There's, an, there's another form of leadership, which is social leadership. Now, they did a study with bonobo monkeys. They, the study with bonobo monkeys was they had uh, the alpha male would, would be making decisions. And the group was more than willing to follow the alpha male of the group until the alpha male made a decision that the female apes in the group didn't agree with. And the moment that the females in the group didn't agree with it, they would band together and they would berate the male, causing him to back down to get their way. This is called social leadership. It's getting the consensus of a group, which, you know, you know, you know we talk about this in democracy where it talks about the, the, major, the, the, rule, of, uh, the, rule, the rule of the many. Okay. That's exactly what that is. Okay. So with alpha leadership, this is what this looks like. There's an alpha in a group. He says, hey, guys, I know of an amazing, uh, he's, there's an alpha male, and he, he's with a group of vegetarians. 
He says, hey guys, I know of an amazing steak restaurant. He's like, you know, he's describing all the ways that the steak is amazing. And then he says, but you know what? You guys can go and just have the salad, right? So he's caring more about his own needs than the needs of the group. Now, social leadership this is the same leader. And now he does. He says, hey, um, I know you guys, you know, you know, hey guys, we actually, we can go to that steak restaurant. It does sound pretty amazing. But I also know about a vegan restaurant that's got all these different, um, you know, these, these vegan and vegetarian options that you guys can go ahead and try. And then you guys can get what you want. And then, buddy, because you want to go get a steak, you know, you either can order a steak or you can just go to your own, to go to the steak restaurant by yourself. Who do you think they're going to comply with? Right, because they're vegetarians. Yeah. Exactly. Because the social leader is focusing on the needs of the group and the needs of the many versus the needs of, of the few or the needs of himself. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the next thing, ambition. It does not matter what you are doing now. It only matters where you are going. I want you to imagine. You tell a girl you're working at McDonald's. Is McDonald's the most attractive thing for a male to say that he does for a living? He works at McDonald's. Is that a high-status thing? Okay, correct, right? But I want you to imagine now that the reason that this guy is working at McDonald's is because his goal and his ambition in life is to release his family's recipes and to be able to open a restaurant. And the only way he's going to be able to do that is by going, going to culinary school, which McDonald's is actually paying for. And they're, and they're helping him to groom him to be an actual professional Michelin star chef. How much more attractive is that man now? Because he's got ambition. He's going somewhere. He's got a goal he's trying to achieve. Well, yeah, that's very much more attractive. Okay. I'm going to make this really practical. I'm going to make this really practical. If you've ever had a girlfriend... Or you've ever had a friend that had a girlfriend and he got really depressed and stopped working on himself and stopped like being ambitious and started just kind of being a bitch. I bet you you probably noticed, you probably either heard a girl or heard him saying something like, man, she's always trying to bring me these fucking applications. She's always trying to go get me to get a job or she's always trying to get me to get this better job. Yeah, of course. I lived that one a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. Okay. So the reason why that is is because women want males to improve themselves women want males they want they want their boyfriend or whoever they're dating to be the top dog because think about it if you're not ambition and you are following along with the whims of somebody else that's not a very secure place for a woman to be in if you're not ambition if you're not ambitious that means you're actually getting worse you're either growing or someone else is taking up more territory of what you're trying to go for like, if you, if you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, that means you're fucking inconsistent. A girl does not want to be around someone who did, is inconsistent, flaky, and doesn't know what they want. Because women have that problem. She needs, to, she needs you to be stable so that way she can be fucking emotional. I mean, I can reference so many studies about, like, patriarchy and, like, how things have gotten out of balance and how women are unhappy because of the fact they've had to take masculine roles. Like, there are actual gender roles. Okay, but I'm not going to go into that for the sake of time, but um, even, even like people that are ambitious about doing nothing, if you were ambitious about doing nothing, like the guy who's like a rebel, he's like, I'm not going to get a job, he's just going to scam casinos like a piece of shit, there's going to be girls that are going to find that attractive because he's a fucking bad boy, he's a rebel, he's choosing to not conform to fucking society. There are women that are going to fuck with that, they're going to love that, he's not a conformist. Okay. Ambitious about doing nothing, I mean, that's a nice way to put it. 
school, yeah. Yeah. I have the fucking patience to do nothing of my life. Exactly. He's just... Ugly. Thank you. Thank you. So, the next thing is confidence. There's only one way to acquire confidence. And that's from gaining experience. Anything that you do and you are successful at, you will gain confidence in. The reason that most people are not confident is because they don't have any reference experience of success to contrast where the confidence is going to come from. So I want you to think about this. You can meditate about driving a car, or you can listen to some self-help CD about driving a car, or you could drive a fucking car. Yeah. Right? Like, that's like thinking, like reading a book about lifting weights versus lifting weights. Okay. So, next thing is Oh, so then his his and I want to I want to preface this. There's a big difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is I know I'm going to be successful because I've got previous experience of being successful. I've got a track record, I've got a proven history, I've got a credit credibility that allows me to know I've got a high statistical chance of being successful. Arrogance is I'm successful because I'm always successful. I always score the fucking first touchdown. I always kill it. See, arrogance causes people to not want you to succeed because they specifically want to see you fail because you're making them feel bad. You're making them feel thin, making them feel small. You are basically foretelling the outcome with no proof of concept, no experience behind it. You are just puffing up your own chest to make yourself feel good. And making other people feel small, they hate you for that. Do you remember when Bruce Lee had the quote in the interview? He said... Um, they said, yo, Bruce, how good are you? He said, if I say, he goes, if I say I'm too good, you, if it, he said, if, he said, if I, he goes, if I say I'm not good, you know, he said, if, you, if I say I'm too good, you'll think I'm bragging, you'll think I'm a bragging, you'll think I'm cocky. But if I say I'm not good at all, you'll think, you'll think, you'll know I'm lying. And that was the best answer he could have fucking given. Yeah. Because real talent is quiet. Real talent is subtle. You're never going to see Bill Gates running around qualifying. Like, I make, I make a million dollars a day. I fuck all these amazing girls. I'm like the best dude. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a legend. Right? People of status aren't going to fucking do that. But low status people, that's what they do. They qualify, qualify, qualify all day long because they have something to prove. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the next part. Excellence. Excellence is simply this. What, make, what separates you from the next man? What makes you better than most people? So I'll give an example of this because this is my humble brag. I want you to think about why is it that you were willing to help me with like the videos and the editing that I needed? It was because of value. Well, yeah. Okay. 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 I have to ask you, when you saw the advice I was giving in the group, did you think I was full of shit or did you think I knew what I was doing? Uh, I was like, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, at first, because you didn't know me. I was promising a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I get the feeling you know what you're talking about. See? Because you didn't know me at first, you were skeptical about the fact of, oh, is this dude full of shit? Because everyone is full of shit. Then, when you got to know me and you're like, oh, this dude actually pulls through on his word. He actually does what he says. Now, your whole perception of me has shifted to where you're like, I, he knows his shit. 
because you have experience that's, that is similar to mine. And because I'm able to relate my experience to you, you realize that I have authority in what I'm talking about because I was able to call out things that you've actually experienced in your life and show you exactly what the solution to those things were. Okay. So excellence really comes down to what makes you better than the next person. What makes you valuable? For me, this is my expertise on social psychology, female psychology, and the ability, not just having the knowledge on it, but to be able to duplicate myself and get anybody that I work with the same results that I have. Because when you, when you were, anyone, okay, Tony Robbins is, is an expert at changing, at, at creating high achievers and being able to change people's pattern loops and habits, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He has social proof, does he not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He gets paid a lot of money to do what he does, does he not? Yeah. Okay. He give, he coaches to presidents, monarchs, people of power and of status, right? Okay, look at Gary Vee. Gary Vee has excellence, right, in marketing. Okay, anything that you were excellent at, you were going to develop social proof around. You were going to have people to see you as an authority in that thing. That's, that's the power of, of, because excellence makes you an authority. When you're an authority, people will comply with you when they need, when they need you to solve that problem. So everyone needs to develop an authority and an expertise in something that makes them shine better than the next person. So for you, you do marketing. What you need to develop an expertise, if you love marketing, you need to be the best marketer in the world. Like, like specialize in something that makes you like reputable. Like it, you, need to be, you need to be so good at it that people are willing to pay you for it and willing to allow you to get on stage to teach it. And then if you're really good, you're able to create top level marketers because Bruce Lee had a great saying. He said, in the beginning, a punch is a punch. A kick is a kick. Because why? You lack understanding. When you're advanced, a punch isn't a punch. A kick isn't a kick. Because now you have learned all the things that you can do with it. And it's become more complex. There's so many more subtle nuances to it. But when you've mastered it, a punch is a punch. A kick is a kick. Because when you have understanding, everything that's advanced about it falls back into these core topics. And it gets very simple again. Next part, social intelligence. This is manipulating your behavior for the right situation, circumstance, and the goal that you are trying to achieve that does not cause friction with other people. Okay. So this is you don't go into a high status place and take a shit in the middle of the floor. Sometimes. Right? This is you don't yeah. this is you don't walk up to somebody's mom and you get and then you introduce that person to your mom and he says, "Oh, great to meet you." Whoops, just kidding, and he like pulls his hand away. That's that's really fucking odd. It's very strange. Why would you do this to somebody that you don't know? Okay? This is this is you you're in a library and all of a sudden you start getting aggressively loud and causing a big scene. For no apparent reason. That's not socially unintelligent. That's not socially intelligent. That's socially unintelligent. 
This is going into a venue wearing style that's three years behind, uh, behind schedule so everyone can tell that you're not from there. That's not being socially intelligent. It is. That it, I just didn't want to use the word calibration for the sake of the recording, but it is calibration. It is knowing how to mold and to change your behavior to behavior that works in garnering compliance from others. Okay. Right. So those are the principles of attraction. The more of those things that you were able to cultivate into your lifestyle, the more attractive that you were going to be and the more investment that you were going to be able to garner from a girl before you ever open your mouth. Even business, even business, the more principles of attraction that you have in place, the more business that you will be able to get done just because you have these things in place. Okay. Like I'll give you an example. Of, I'll give you an example of this, right? We went out to, we were out at PhD last night. One of the students has been trying to hang out and wing with me for a while. He, he's, he's been, we've been going back and forth and he wants me to coach. He wants me to coach him. He wants, you know, he wants the three year long-term mentorship, but he, he wants to, to pay to have like intimate access to where he just works with me every day. I said, okay, cool. We go out. As we go out, there's some things that I'm saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to game like this just because I'm aware of the habits of the room. So I game in accordance to the natural habit and the natural rhythm of the room. I don't, I don't work to, I don't like to work against the grain or work uphill. That's just going to require a lot of energy and you're just going to wear you the fuck out because game is like a fucking grind and it's annoying as shit. So I tell him like, I'm going to sit on the patio. I'm going to wait till around 12. I'm like, I can go build social proof right now, but it's mostly all tables. The people I want to be talking to are mainly all the tables anyways. And I'm specifically strategically trying to pick apart who I need to be meeting. I say, I'm going to wait till 12 because when people start drinking, they become a lot more social and testosterone starts flowing, which is the risk taking chemical. People start breaking apart social alignments and social groups to start meeting people as they start to drink. And when they start to drink, most people, the social thing to do is to start craving cigarettes, which means they all go outside to the patio to smoke. And particularly since I like models, I know models get bored. She's going to want to crave a fucking cigarette at some point because she's got something in her hand. She's going to have an oral fixation. She's going to go to the patio. When she goes to the patio, I can talk to her. Why? She's not at a table where she has social proof, where everyone's trying to hit on her. She's on a patio. Contextually, she doesn't have social proof. It's a safer place to have an approach go well. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Okay. Oh, I called that out. The student just looks at me, no big deal. The girls come outside at the same time I called it. He said, God damn, that was accurate. Next thing, I call out this thing about, I said, that dude's a top level promoter. I said, look at how he's dressed, look at his swag, look at his tattoos. Go to find out, it's correct. Me and that dude broker a great connection. And then the student at the end of the night comes back. He saw, he saw how I made friends with the bartender. He saw how I got free drinks. They paid for my drinks. He saw how I made friends with a top-level promoter who sits at the owner's table, and he saw how I was able to make friends quite quickly with people of status, doing very, doing very little, just acting very normal. Not doing spin moves, not doing choke openers, not doing something weird like a cyclone running through people, just being quite normal and building commonalities and similarities with who I was talking to. At the end of the program, he specifically says... Huh? Yep. That's what we're going into next. That's the next part of the lecture. Yep, we're going right into that. Don't worry. About, I, I got you covered. I got you covered. I, I, you, you're you're going to get there. I, I, I know that question. Hold, hold on. We're going to get there. So basically at the end of it, you know, he's like, yo, I want to work with you because 
you clearly know what the fuck you're talking about. And I got to see it for myself. That was it. That was it. Like the fact that you're able to do that, like that's, that shows that he's like, oh, you've got social intelligence. You understand exactly like how this works. Clearly you're able to do something for me that I want to learn. And that was it. Now let's hop into the actual comfort part. This is my fucking favorite part of the lecture. Cause this is where like, it's super easy once you understand the basics. So I'm going to give you a 40,000 foot view and my goal, whenever I'm talking to any individual business person, whether I'm talking to a girl, it's to find one girl, one person, spend as much time with them as possible and either get their contact or take the girl home. That is my goal, right? So in order for that to happen, that's going to, that's going to require investment. And one of the precursors to investment is being able to trigger commonality, similarities and rapport with someone that I am talking to. So the methodology and the framework that we follow is, um, Open parentheses, C minus R. So C minus R. It looks like a formula. C minus R, yeah. Yep. And then you put a closed parenthesis. And then on the outside, you put plus. Then you put open parentheses. Uh, three, what? So, you C so open parentheses, C minus R, closed parentheses. You got that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then plus. Okay, open parentheses, Q plus SE, close parentheses. Q plus SE, all right. Okay, then equals A. Okay. Okay, so the way, here's what that breaks down to. Comfort minus rapport plus qualification Plus sexual escalation equals attraction. Okay. Okay. Now, this is a cyclical pattern. You will go through this inner you will go through that whole iteration many times in a night. The earlier that you start in the method or the formula, the better the interaction is going to go. And the later that you start in it, the worse it's going to go. So when you, uh, I want you to imagine that you, that you start into the, you start in the attraction phase, which is the minus rapport part. This is where you go in and you're trying to tease and break rapport right away. I want you to imagine there's a pretty girl in an alleyway. She says, Hey, come down this dark alleyway. But the alleyway is sketchy. It looks like one of the, it looks like a, a sketchy alleyway where there's like homeless people living in there that are probably got like, an, like shanks. And probably have like needles with STDs filled in them that if you like touch them that you will catch something. Now, she's attractive. She's really hot. How, how likely are you to go down that dark alley? Uh, that depends. But I would freak out a little bit if okay. I Okay. Well, see, no, no, why, are, no, why, would you, no, why would you freak out a little, little bit? Because you don't know her. You don't, you don't trust her. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're attracted to her. You think she's hot. But you don't trust her. Yeah. Okay? So, I want you to imagine that you're building attraction with a girl. You get her phone number. You call her, you know, the next day. You try to get her out on the date. How do you think she probably feels about you? Same. She yeah, probably... No. If anything, she might not even remember you. You were fun. You were fun, but that's all she remembers about you. She doesn't know anything else about you. How does she know you're trustworthy? How does she know you're not a rapist? How does she know you're not a stalker? Yeah. Right? This is what guys do when they go in 
They spend 15 minutes with a girl, they make out hella crazy, and then they get flaky numbers. Because they've ran, they've ran what we call the player type game. You're, you're like, it's a bunch of traction and sexual escalation. It's too much. Okay? If you just run a traction game alone, you're like the clown. She, she doesn't know you. She doesn't trust you. If you run just sexual escalation game, you're a fucking player. And if you just run comfort game alone, you're the Mr. Nice Guy who gets in the friend zone. See, you see how that starts making sense? And then if you start in the qualification phase, you're like the homeless dude that's walking up that's like, yo, man, what the fuck makes you cool? What makes you think you're better than me? And you're looking at him like, nigga, you're a homeless dude. Like, obviously I'm better than you. You don't feel any reason to qualify to him because he has no status. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, cool. So let's start, let's start, let's, let's start in the, so there's three, there's three important factors um, there's, there's, there's three very important factors or sorry, there's two, actually there's two important factors and there's three, the two most important factors in game is logistics and the other 50% is game. So like, I want you to think about like, no, logistics should really be like 90% and then like 10% should actually be your actual game. Let's maybe just do the 80, 20 rule. 20%, 20% is game, 80% is logistics. So your primary goal your, your primary goal is, is creating logistics. Okay. So when it comes to, when it comes to creating um, comfort, there's three important factors. Logistics, time, and comfort. Comfort is logistics, Logist time, and, and comfort. If you need all three of those in order for comfort to be created. Okay, let's think about this. There's a, there's a, really, pretty, there's a really pretty girl. She says, oh my God, you were so fucking sexy. You were like, you were amazing, but you have nowhere you can take her to have sex. Are you having sex? Um, no. You don't have logistics, so it's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Now, let's look at time. You walk up to a girl. You start talking to her. You're like, hey, like you're, like, you're literally amazing. She's like, yo, you're, she's like, yo, you're amazing too, but you only spent like 10 minutes with her. Then you call her in three days. Does she remember you? Why? Because she, if you're the first, if you if, if she thinks you're dope, but she only spent 15 minutes, how many other dudes do you think she gave her number out to that night? Yeah, yeah, many. Exactly. And the last one is comfort. I want you to imagine that you run attraction. She's like, oh my god, dude, you were like, you were so fucking sexy. You were like, yo, you were amazing, right? But the problem is, is that you guys made out, you and you heavily escalated. You try to go ahead and get her on a date or whatever. What does she got to worry about? Oh fuck, he made out with me. Damn, like. What if he's gonna want it again? Damn, like I was kind of drunk that night. I don't really don't. I'm not, I really didn't even know him that well. Do I really want to kind of like hang out with him like that? And then she's got her friends in her ear. Why? Because don't you think girls have a consensus of their friends when they're talking to a dude? They always show their friends their texts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And they're getting in her ear, probably destroying and breaking even more rapport and destroying comfort for you. So then you're fucked. And because what you probably did as a PUA, you probably ignore the friends because you're like they're a fucking cock block. Okay, so I want to like, let's so let's focus. So let's I want you I'm gonna I want you to think of um, I want you to think of logistics as like a as like a as a I want you to think of logistics as like an Olympic sprinter trying to hit a goal. You you've got the starting point of like you have the starting point of like where the race starts at, and then you got the finish yard that's a hundred that's that's a hundred yards away. So 
I want you to imagine you're running. You're running. You're 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 running the fastest time ever that you ever ran, but you stop ten yards short of the goal. Do you win the gold medal? No. Right, because you stop ten yards short of the goal. I want you to imagine yeah. that now that your game is just like the Olympic sprinter, but it's a tightrope. On one side you got comfort, on the other side you got attraction, and the rope is time. So you've got you got logistics kicking over, you've got comfort, you've got time uh, and, and attraction all circulating at the same time. And you were running the best game ever for 15 minutes, but it takes you two hours to close. And you stop short of the goal. What do you end up getting? You don't end up getting shit. So the name of the game is you need all of these things to be ticking over and running simultaneously for the right amount of time. And you, you need logistics to be able to create time. If you don't have it, it's not going to work to be able to kick game. So yeah. let's fast forward. Comfort really breaks down to rapport and trust. So let's get into the rapport side of it. Rapport is broken down into what we consider commonalities and similarities. Everyone that we meet, that we speak to for any reason at all, we have a reason, we have a justified reason as to why we are talking to them. The person that you talk to that lives next door to you, you talk to him because he's your neighbor and you live next door. The guy that you talked to at school who showed you your locker on the first day, you talked to him because he showed you your locker when you didn't know where to go. He helped you out of a problem. The person that you hang out with because of the fact he had the Tony Hawk Pro Skater or the Golden Knight or the Super Smash Brothers on N64, you talked to him because he had the, the N64, the Golden Knight, the Super Smash Brothers. There's a justified reason as to why you are hanging out with everyone that you were hanging out with. You're hanging out with this friend. Oh, why are you hanging out? Oh, because we're bored. So you both are meet up and you're hanging out because you're both bored. You're trying to alleviate boredom. So there's a justified reason for everyone you speak to for any reason at all. Okay, so now I want you to imagine. Um, I want you to imagine that 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 comfort is like. Sorry, comfort is like a like a multiple layer cake. You ever sat there hanging out with your boys at a bar? You talk for a little. He talks for a little. You talk for a little bit more, and then like you chill, right? But like most guys in the community, what they do, they spend all the time fucking talking and the interaction, feeling like they need to do something. And the problem is, is that like you could literally go in and once you actually reach a commonality or similarity, you could literally chill and not say shit. And you could just hang out with the girls and then they're just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, do you want to go to the after party? You're like, okay, cool. Let's go. Because you just accumulated time. Like that was what's amazing about it. And the best part about this is, is actually like is creating comfort. Most conversations are made out of just um, statements and very, very little questions. So one of the things that we specifically do in order to be able to like uh, to create comfort is specifically this. Uh, one of the things that we do is there's three topics of conversation that are always that always work and that people always want to talk about. Travel, hobby, and careers. Travel, hobby, and career. Exactly. The reason that people want to talk about travel is because of the fact that everybody wants to travel or has thought about traveling at some point. Career. Okay. Career, we spend 40 hours a week, if not more, focusing on our career. Some people, their career is their passion. Some people, they hate their career, but they use their career to fund their hobbies. Okay. Okay. The next one is uh, hobbies. Hobbies are where you take your excess time and disposable income and you enjoy yourself doing those things. See, all of those things are things that people have invested in, which is why they make perfect conversational topics. Okay. Okay. 
Now, here's the open. Now, here's the now here's the here's the opening part. How do you open? How do you transition? The formula for being able to open flawlessly is what we call oatless. O a t l e s s. Oatless. Oatless. So the way oatless works is you observe something about the set. So so observation is what the O stands for. Okay. The A stands for approach. Okay. The T stands for touch. Okay. The L stands for the line. 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 Okay. Yes. The E stands for explanation. Explanation. Yes. The S stands for swap names. And the other S stands for shake hands. Okay, shake hands. Okay. So, observation. You want to observe things about the set before you open because when you observe things about the set, you can find out things about the set that you wouldn't know otherwise that may help you to increase your odds of having a successful open. Is she by herself? Is she waiting for her boyfriend? Um, that's why she's by herself. Maybe she's a tranny. Maybe she's got a dick. Maybe she's a prostitute, right? Those are all, like, girls rarely ever go out alone because they know they'll be hit on by males, especially if she's hot. Okay. Okay? So, you, like, you want to approach and be able to look at and find things about the set before you open so then you can improve your odds of having it work. The next thing is the approach itself. Don't hesitate. You see a girl approach right away. The only way that you should be like slightly hesitating is just to read the interaction quickly and then go in with, with, the, with the, the information that you're armed with and then open that way. The next one is touch. You want to touch between the wrist and the, el the wrist and the elbow. Here's why. Every single time that someone has had something important to say to you, they've always touched you first to get your attention. And inside of a loud nightclub, we know one of the biggest problems I see with students, they go, the girl's a bitch. She just fucking ignored me. Dude, she didn't fucking hear you. As an instructor, that's one of the big things I have a problem with. People, they speak so low that they think I'm being an asshole because I can't fucking hear them. I can't fucking hear you. All right. So touch to get the person's attention. Now, the way you touch, you just gently rest your hand between the wrist and the elbow. So then they look at you. Don't tap, don't poke, don't flick. How about the shoulder tap? Do or do not? Never. Girls carry their purse, girls sometimes have their purse on their shoulder. By you doing that, it's going to be quite creepy. And she might think you're stealing her handbag. All right, okay. Yep, and the other reason you don't use the shoulder is because as a male, whenever someone has touched you on the shoulder, they've usually done it to grab you and punch you in the face. Okay. Okay. So, the next is the line. There's three types of lines that you're going to go through. There's the functional line. Okay. Okay. There's the compliment. Okay. There's the occasion. So a functional line is something like, do you have the time? What's that drink you're, what's that drink you have? 
Um, I get the same thing all the time and I want to try something new. Do you know where the bathroom is? Do you happen to have the time? Do you know where the nearest Starbucks is? You are asking for a solicitation for help. Okay. Okay. The next one is compliment. With compliments, everyone loves them. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. But compliments work the best when given in reference to something someone has invested time and energy into. Okay. So, hair, fashion, makeup, nails, physical physique, like they go to the gym. They maybe got their breasts done. Yeah, all right. Okay. And their personality. Because to have a happy demeanor and personality is very difficult. Okay. So, you can compliment on those things. So something like this looks like, hey, you know, I just wanted to, I know, I just wanted to go ahead and let you know. I see how much work you put into working at this bar, and I know it isn't always easy to keep a positive outlook and a positive smile on your face, especially because a lot of people in here are cheap, they don't tip very well, and you actually live on tips. And the fact that you're still giving amazing quality service, even though it's packed, I really appreciate it. I know that isn't easy. Thank you for the hospitality. That's going to work well. That's my favorite opener to use on barbacks, bartenders, people in the hospitality industry because they rarely ever get told thank you and they rarely ever get tipped well. Okay, so you would say basically so compliment them on something they've worked nice. for. Okay. okay. Same thing, like if it's a pretty girl that's got a great physique, be like, yo, I have to, yo, I have to comment. Mad respect on your physique. I can tell you've been putting in a lot of work and it looks like I think you're shredding right now. I respect that because I know the hustle between the meal prepping and everything that you have to do within the training. And sometimes you're not feeling like training. You might be tired because you still have work and a bunch of other shit. But I respect the discipline that it takes to do what you do. Do you see how that's not a compliment on that saying nice ass? Okay. Okay. So the next one. Exactly. I'm showing. I'm showing. I'm giving her a compliment on something specifically that she's worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next All one, right. the next one specifically, is observation. So this is something that you observe about the room. The the the, gr the girls have the girls have a bunch of sashes on. The girls got a tiara on. So she might be a pa she, maybe she's a pageant model and she's it's an after party for her because she just won. Maybe it's a bridal shower. Maybe it's a bachelorette party. Maybe it is someone's having a baby, right? There's always reasons to celebrate. There's something I observed about the room. Maybe everyone's wearing white. There's a theme going on. Maybe there's like a creepy dude hitting on girls and running around the bar doing fucking PUA spin moves. I'm going to observe something about the room and I'm going to comment on it to no one in particular. Okay. So this is something like, damn, it's fucking cold outside. Did, did, did you make it this cold? No, that, see, that's weird. See, like, no, that, that's weird. That's weird as shit. See, the difference is when you're saying, is it hot or is it just you? It better actually be like a hot day to justify why you did that. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
See, like, I would do that, and then I would start laughing, and I'd be like, oh, my God, like, I couldn't even pull a straight face. Yo, I have a buddy of mine, and we were, we've been fucking around saying we're going to run around and do, like, the most odd pickup lines to people just because, like, whenever we get bored, it's a really funny thing for us. And I still can't do it because I just see, I mentally have, I have sisters, and I know how creepy that shit is. By doing that, I've instantly calibrated that it was a joke. So the next part is the explanation, the explanation for the line that you were giving. Oh, do you happen? Oh, do you happen to have the time? My phone's uh, having an issue with signal, and I can't tell if the time is actually correct. Hey, do you know what time this place gets good? I'm actually not from around the area, and I'm thinking about checking out checking out a few of the bars, but I heard this place was okay. Hey, what's the drink that you're having? I get the same thing at the bar every time, and I want to try something different. I'm giving a reason for why I'm saying what I'm saying. Stanley Milgram, 1945, uh, 1980, New York City subway test. He got on and asked 80 female participants for their seat. They all said no. He was able to get most of the women to, to, to start saying yes by simply adding a justification, a reason for why he needed the seat. Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because I have a leg and it's bothering me right now? Hey, do you mind if I have a seat because I have a nose? Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because? Even if the reason didn't make sense, as long as he gave some type of a reason, it increased compliance to get people to say yes rather than say no. You know why, you do, dude? See, here's the thing: when you say hi to a girl, she thinks you're hitting on her. Yeah, of course. But, that, but that's that's the reality. See, that type of game only works on a girl who already likes you. By you running around saying hi to a bunch of girls, you are literally making her make a decision of do I like this guy right now based on what I am seeing. And if you don't have social proof and you don't have your principles of attraction in place before you walk up. You're at a heavy disadvantage for her to make that decision. Why would you force a girl to make a decision very quickly about whether she likes you or not, as opposed to coming in under the radar and building it up? This is like you going to a car dealership, and the car, the car dealer comes up and goes, um, he says, hey, what car are you looking to buy right now? You're like, damn, I just walked into the fucking shop. Okay. So that's why you give a justified reason, because by virtue of having a penis, she thinks you're hitting on her. Doesn't matter what you fucking say, she thinks you're hitting on her. Yeah, but here's the problem, though. Like, yes, 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 in a sense, you are hitting on her. But by you hitting on her, you're basically saying you are qualified for me to date and to sleep with you based off of your looks. There's nothing else for me to qualify now to have you prove yourself to me. You're basically approaching from a position of low status because by virtue of approaching, you're basically saying, I want something from you. I need something. Here, look at me. It's a low status place. If you're going, see, now here's the only way that you can approach a girl and, ha and, ha and not have it come off as, as, as creepy or that you're hitting on her. When you do that same thing to everybody in the room. Okay. See the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Because when you walk into a room and then you walk by all the girls, everyone sees you, you go to the drink, you get a bar, you stay at the bar, then you turn around and you start approaching girls. You've just walked past everyone in the room. You've made it very clear and very obvious that you're hunting for pussy. You've made it very clear that you have no social proof, no girls like you, you have nothing of status. So, like, why the fuck should she talk to you? She's got a plethora of guys in her Rolodex that have more social proof, more status, more money, 
and they have a social circle. They are normal. You're running around cold approaching. Why the fuck should she talk to you? If she's a high status girl, she's got an abundance of options. Why you? So you would mean that being too direct, being too direct is very low value in a sense. It is. And also it causes the girl to have to make a snapshot decision very quickly of whether she likes you. Direct has the, the lowest statistical percentage of you being able to get results. Most guys who don't have game run direct. Okay. Okay. So, let's 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 fast let's fast forward. So, explanation, then swap names, shake hands. Very simple. Now let's get it. Let's get into the reason that you swap names is for familiarity. You shake hands to increase compliance with touch. Very simple. Um, next part of this is what we the tra the transition. You've got four types of transitions. The occasion. The introduction. Okay. The opinion. Okay. And the accent. So, the, the accent is, hey, that's a really funky accent. If you don't mind me asking, where's it from? So the way this looks is something like this. Hey, do you happen to have the time by any chance? Um, my phone's having an issue with signal, and I need to check the time because I'm supposed to be meeting some friends for a meeting in a little bit. She goes, oh, the time is this. You go, you go, oh my, you go, oh my God, thank you so much. Wait a minute. That's a really funky accent. If you don't mind me asking, where's it from? It's clearly not from here. Now, why could you say that? There's regional dialects all over the place. People from Boston don't sound like people from Texas. People from Texas don't sound like people from California. There's regional dialects no matter where you go in the world. Okay. The next one is the, the occasion. This is... Hey, I had to comment, you know, I really love that satin dress that you're wearing and the way that you've matched it against those salmon shoes. It's a really good look and it's a great color contrast for your skin tone. Keep it up. She goes, oh my God, thank you so much. You say, so what you do is you go, you're like, you say, hey, go ahead. Now you can say, not a problem. You're like, whoa, 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 you know what? Hold on. I just totally missed this. What's the occasion? Like clearly there's something going on that I missed. I see you guys are in sashes, right? There's an occasion. So that's the occasion. The introduction, she's got a bunch of friends in the group. You do the opener, right? Just the same way that I did, and then you're like, you're like, whoa, okay, clearly I missed something, and I'm actually being rude. Who are your, who are your, who are your friends? Then you go, wait, okay, so who's this one? And who's this one? Why? You already swap, you already swap names and shake hands. You can literally swap names, shake hands. When you shake hands, immediately be like, wait, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I almost was rude. Like I didn't even, I didn't even meet your friends. Wait, who are your friends here? It seems like you clearly got friends here. Yes, to all of them. Yes, because in the, the reason I like the introduction is because if she introduces me to all of her female friends, the guard is going to go down from them being a bitch to me. Okay, so you would say something like, oh, well, your friends introduced me. Yeah, I would, be, I, would, I would say something along the lines of, um, I would say something along the lines of, like, if she's by herself, then I would use the accent, and then at some point I'd be like, hey, I'm like, I'm, I would say something along the lines of, girls never come out alone, who'd you come here with? Well, who are you here with? Okay. Right? She's gonna, and she's probably gonna tell you who she's here with. Now, when you ask her who she's here with, what's gonna happen is you're gonna start figuring out the logistics. By that's a great logistical question. Who you here with? Because she's gonna tell you, oh, I'm here with these five friends. Oh, okay, that's dope. Would you guys? I'm assuming what you probably guys, you probably you guys end up like driving together, or whatever. Because like one of you guys is gonna be the designated DD, and she's like, oh my god, yeah, how'd you know? So which one of you guys is the fucking DD that's the sober Sally of the night? 
she's like, oh, it's going to be this one. Be like, oh, my God, I feel so sorry for you because they take their fucking drunk asses, drunk asses home. I'm so sorry. But she's like, you know what? It's totally fine. Like, let me guess. You got to be up early for work in the morning. So you're like trying to take care of your girls. I really respect that. You know, a lot of girls don't really take care of their friends and really look after them. That's really cool. You got a good girl on your guys' hands. You guys need to take care of your friend. Let's go. So uh, then the next one is the, the last one is the opinion. The opinion works really well as a transition as opposed to an opener simply because they did a study with the uh, Chris Bale University of Lancashire in 2005 and they did a study on pickup lines. The study specifically was around what pickup lines actually worked the best. And the one that was rated the highest actually was, was and it was rated, but it was actually voted by women. And it was situational. Like you guys were just doing something directly. Uh, or Yeah, you guys, or, or sorry, no, it was, uh, it was situational first. That was like, you're sitting, you know, you're sitting in a bar or whatever, and you just open, you know, based off like something situation that's going on because it's more natural. And the next one was specific was the opinion. And the opinion worked really well because of the fact that it's girl gossip. Look at any gossip magazine, Cosmopolitan Magazine. Um, you know, they talk about 50, uh, 56 ways for you to give your girl a squirting orgasm or um, uh, confessions. Um, what guys talk about that are their worst experiences in bed, like men revealed, like they're using gossip. That's why, like, we love gossipy human beings, and there's a whole long study about this shit in terms of uh, Robin Dunbar, who talks about this. But as human beings, we love gossip. So your opinion, your opinion opener should be based on something that you legitimately care about, right? Because when you go, who lies more, guys or girls? If you don't have any context or a real friend that's going through that, you're going to be lying about the opener, and you really don't care. So if you're going to run an opinion, you should actually run an opinion about something that you specifically care about and that you're curious about. Okay, so fast. So those are your four types of transitions. Now, now, what do you move into now? You move into what we call conversational flow. Conversational flow. This is you got to move off of the transition. You can't stay on it all night. You need to go ahead and move off of it to move into a real conversation. Yeah, I talked about the accent. Oh, accent. All right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, um, so now, now you're getting into conversational flow. So conversational flow, there's a dr one of the drills that we use for, for conversational flow. We call it question, statement, response. So question, statement, response, the way it works is like this. What's your favorite restaurant? The girl says, my favorite restaurant is McDonald's. The guy goes, McDonald's is awesome. Have you ever had Burger King? Girls respond, Burger King's amazing. They have the Whopper Jr. and the chicken finger sticks. Now... There was someone in that situation that was right, and there's someone in that situation that was wrong. And if you remember from earlier, I said everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Who do you think in that situation was wrong, in that conversation was wrong? Was it the guy or was it the girl? The guy. Okay. Now, why was the guy wrong in that conversation? Uh, if I follow you because he asked the question. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's okay to ask a question. It's just what he responded with. What, you, he, what he responded with was the problem. He asked her, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? The girl's response, my favorite restaurant is McDonald's. He says, McDonald's is awesome. Have you ever had Burger King? If the girl's favorite restaurant is McDonald's, why the fuck does she want to talk about Burger King? Okay. See, the girl actually built, a, see, the, the girl actually built the commonality. The guy didn't. Because how did she respond? Burger King's amazing. They have the Whopper Jr. and the chicken finger sticks. 
she actually responded with something related to the topic at hand. The guy just said McDonald's is awesome and then transitioned onto something else. We do this shit all the time. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Paris. Okay, cool. What are you doing here? What are you doing? Talk about Paris. She said she's from Paris. This is why guys struggle coming up with shit to say because every single thing that comes out of the girl's mouth, you keep changing the fucking conversational topic to talk about I need a multiple thread. No, motherfucker. Listen, respond, relate. Here's how the way this, this is supposed to look. What's your favorite restaurant? Girls respond, my favorite restaurant is McDonald's. McDonald's is awesome. I heard they're coming out with the McRib in a month. I can't wait. What's your favorite thing on the menu? Question, statement, response. Let's break this down again. What's your favorite thing to what's your what's your uh, what's your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant is McDonald's. McDonald's is awesome. I heard they're coming out with the McRib in a month. I can't wait. What's your favorite thing on the menu? What was the question? What's your favorite restaurant? What was the response? She responded, it's McDonald's. What was my response? McDonald's is awesome. They're coming out with the McRib in a month. I can't wait. What's your favorite thing on the menu? Question, statement, response. Okay, your job when you were talking to someone is to always respond and to relate to everything that is coming out of her mouth. Because if you do that, guess what you were conditioning this person to feel about you? Uh, empathy. They like you. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you allow somebody to talk and talk and talk and talk and you really don't say much and at the end of the conversation they say, this was the best conversation I ever had, and you didn't say shit. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, of course it happened, yeah. See, now if you can trigger that in your game, you'll get laid. Okay. If you trigger that in your business, you'll sell. Okay. Okay. So. Ask another question. question. Correct. Okay. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So here's so here's so here's the next so here's the next part. This is what we call building commonalities. Okay. So okay. in so in building commonalities, what you want to do is you were you were aiming to show that you actually understand this person, and there's a few ways of doing that. Every time that you respond. There is what we call, there's a direct commonality. Okay. Okay. An indirect commonality. Okay. A negative commonality, which falls under the category of breaking rapport. Okay. The last one is what we call clarification. Okay. Okay. So... Here's a direct commonality. What's your favorite thing to do in the world? I'm a neurosurgeon. A direct commonality is, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm a neurosurgeon too. And you're able to talk at length about the fact that you're a neurosurgeon. And you really are able to talk about the topic and relating it to her. Because you, there's a direct commonality. You are both neurosurgeons. An indirect commonality is you are not a neurosurgeon, but you know of a neurosurgeon. You've got a cousin, you've got an uncle, your mom, your dad, you've got a friend that's a neurosurgeon. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Um, the next one is negative commonality. You know what it is, but you choose to not like it. Oh my God, you're a neurosurgeon? God, that's so basic. You guys work so many fucking hours. I'm like that. Like that's like the worst position. Everyone knows you. Like radiology is like the best to be the best to be doing, right? You know what it is, but you choose to not like it. Okay. Okay. The next one is clarification. Clarification is you're not a neurosurgeon. You don't know of any neurosurgeons, but you can ask about it. Be like, hey, I'm be honest with you, I actually don't. I'm like, I don't know any neurosurgeons whatsoever. I have like no idea what it is that you do. What is it that you do? She says, I operate on people's brains. So do you operate on people's brains? Do you have a friend that operates on people's brains? If they don't, you still don't, you still don't really know how to relate. So then what, the question you'd want to ask is, be honest with you, like, I don't like I like I really don't know much about what you do at, at all, but I'm really curious about learning about it. The question you ask is, what do you like about being a neurosurgeon? She says, I love, she says, I love the feeling, I love the feeling of control of being able to save someone's life and have an impact on them. Can you relate to having the power of being able to save someone's life? Can you relate to the, the feeling of having an impact on somebody's life being needed? Okay. So you, you, you relate to the emotion. Be like, oh, be like, wow, you know what? That's be like, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That that's crazy that you actually have that feeling. You know, for me, um, you know, I've worked as a coach for over 14 years, and there's nothing better to me than when I take on a new fresh student who his life is completely in disarray, and we're able to give him a structure, a path, and a focus. It's like literally grooming a child. Like you get so invested in your students where they become a child. And you, some, some of the students, you end up saving their life because before they met you, you know, they, they, they were ready to commit suicide or they had, they were, they were, you know, they had, they had lost their job and the stuff that you taught them, they specifically were able to turn the whole life around. So yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like that feeling of being able to save someone's life and having an impact on them based on what you do. Mm, okay, okay. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Makes a lot of fucking sense. Okay. So... One of the problems with using it with one of the problems though with, with with people with people who use direct commonalities is they usually talk about themselves. So I want you to imagine this situation. What's your favorite thing to do in the world? She's like surf. You go, oh, surfing's awesome. Um, I just got myself a six foot two Panamera. A friend of mine that was a professional surfer gave it to me. He gave me this specialized type of wax where I, I go out all the time and I wax it. Um, every single day, I make sure that I, you know, I really take care of the board because he invested a lot of money just to get this for me. I'm kind of thinking about going into my own, my own surfing, or my own surf shop, and I'm thinking about personally competing. A lot of yada 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 yada. I'm talking about me. Does that person care? No. Okay. So the best thing to do, the best thing to do is to talk about the topic at hand and relate it back to them. So you go, oh my God, surfing's amazing. You know, there's nothing better than chilling out on a nice hot day like today. You know, you're chilling out with like a bunch of your friends. You're like on the beach. There's no drama. You got a bunch of Coronas. You know, you go someplace up to like Big Sur with like some of your closest friends. You get out into the middle of the ocean. You know how you like miss those few, you know how you miss a few waves, but because you're just kind of like getting warmed up and you're waiting to catch that big one. You know, you could have a really shitty day there and miss every single wave, but when you catch that big one, it makes it all worth it. See that big wave come up? You know, you paddle, 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 get up, cut down the water. You feel super fucking accomplished. What's your favorite place? Where, where's your favorite place to surf?
Okay. So there's two, there's the, um, whenever you're struggling with questions in, in the conversational flow phase of what to ask, we call it the five W's that you want to focus on. Who? Okay. What? What? Where? Where? When? When? And why? Why? Okay. So. Yeah, you can ask how. I know you, it's funny. I always even my mind always hears how because we were we were classically trained in school to to ask the, those six questions: who, what, where, when, why, and how. Okay. So the name of the game is to always ask an open-ended question that that is able to elicit more investment. Sometimes asking something that triggers a yes or a no question is probably the worst type of question. It's a closed-ended question. What What do you want to do? Nothing. Where do you want to go? I don't. Can, will you do this? No. Like that's it's, it's that like that yes or no doesn't help you. But what are some of your what are what's your, uh, what's some of your favorite things to do in your spare time? What are some of your favorite things to do? See, I'm asking for a little bit more investment from her. Why? Why do you? Yeah. Why do you? Yeah. Exactly. Why do you do what you do? Where do you see yourself in 10 years and why is that important? Who means the most to you in your life? And, and, and what's the experience that you remember specifically that you have that memory with that person? Who means the most to you in your life and why do they mean the most to you? Where are you? Where, where, where are you planning? Uh, what are some of your favorite places or where are some of your favorite places to travel? Who are some of your favorite people to travel with? What are some of the most positive memories that you've experienced in your life? Like, do you see how I'm specifically like I'm qualifying the words by asking open-ended questions to make sure that she's has to give me a little bit more. She has to talk a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So there's uh, so you know how to so you know how to build a commonality, which is there's a direct commonality, an indirect commonality, you know, negative commonality, and clarification. So one of the things with with, with com uh, there's one of the things with commonalities. There's two ways of being able to. There's two ways of being able to describe something. There's logically and emotionally. So I want you to imagine a hot tub. Do we got this hot tub? It's three feet wide by four feet high, and it's it's got like it's got a bunch of warm jacuzzi water in it that reaches up to about 150 degrees Fahrenheit. See, do you see what I just did there? I basically drew, I basically drew something. I drew a 2D model on a paper. Right, that's pretty basic. That's logical. The second way is emotionally, which is painting a painting a painting a picture or painting a or filming a color movie in your head. Dude, I want you to imagine this hot tub. It's three feet wide by four feet high, and we're gonna fill it with like those those really amazing models. You know the models that you would see like over in Shanghai, the ones that like have like these these really exclusive agencies. You know the girls that sit on the magazine, and you're like, man, I like I wish I could like I wish I could always get those girls, like the ones that we pun over all the fucking time. Yeah, man, we're gonna fill them with those type of girls. Then we're gonna get the best fucking type of beer. You know, like your favorite, the one that you know when you're having a fucking rough day and you really just want to kick back, un uh, unbutton your shirt, to uh, un uh, untuck your uh, untuck your shirt and like tug down on your tie to be able to relax. And you kick it, and you, you know, with you and a few of your boys. Like I'm talking about those types of fucking beers. And dude, the water, the water is warm to the fucking touch. It's literally, it's like right around body temperature. It's not too hot, but it's not too cold. You dip your foot into it, and it literally, you could like just like slide in and massage all your aches and pains away. And like the jets, when they hit your back, 
dude, all you start, you know when you hit just right because you'll lean back and you just go, oh, dude, I don't know about you, but I'm fucking excited. Like, I, I can't even fucking talk about it. That sound awesome? Right, because I painted a picture in your head. I took you into the experience. Yeah. Okay. So, you heard me give a, a descriptive example with the surfing example? Okay. Okay, so here's the next part. Huh? So the next part of this is add value. Because you've already, we've, I've already told you that, that, I've already told you about building commonalities. Which is, you got travel, hobby, and career, which are the topics that you stay on. Okay. There's other commonalities, but these are the big ones. And your goal with building commonalities is to find as many commonalities and to build them as wide and as deep as possible. Okay. That's your goal. Any girl you meet, find as many commonalities with her and build them as wide and as deep as possible. Okay. Here's the next one. The next one is specifically, you want to add value. Now here's what, now here's what adding, so add, adding value, there's this study that where, they, where they talk about the sunk cost principle and the study was revolving around like an auction sale. And with an auction sale, what ended up happening was that originally the price starts off for something really low. And then as people start to bid for the thing that's valuable, the price starts to go up so high that it no longer becomes about the, the object, but it becomes about not losing out on the initial money that they have invested because you know with auctions that whoever is the person that that um, whoever is the person that like has made up their mind to, to get that thing they end up spending well more in advance than what they originally had intended for so what happens is sometimes people just don't want to lose so they just stay in and keep betting keep betting like you ever seen gamblers like they just keep gambling and gambling and gambling because they've, they've spent so much money already so they're just like now I need to break even so they keep losing more money just to try to break up and just to catch uh, to break even okay exactly because here's what because when you start investing in something a lot, you start getting very, very emotional about things, and you start to lose your rationale to see things clearly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the in the nature of value is this. That's what see that when you're adding value. The reason I say add value and not giving value because some people I want you to imagine there's a guy right. There's this girl says, Hey, you know what? I've got this test coming up. I really don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. So the guy says, Okay, I'll do your homework for you because he thinks he's adding value. But the problem is he's adding too much value. He's doing her homework for him, for, for her. Because he's doing her homework for her, she's not investing at all. He's just investing. So what's going to end up happening is that he's going to do the homework, and then what's going to end up happening is she's learning to not appreciate the value that he's giving. Why? Because she hasn't had to invest anything. Okay. So with adding value, the thing that you want to do is you want to add the value, but you want to cause her to invest to be able to get the value. In order for her to acquire it, she has to invest to get it. So I want you to imagine, so I, so I want you to imagine, right, you've got a networking contact because you're talking about this model's career. She's talking about the fact that she wants to be a female model. You start being able to talk about, you start talking about like, you start building commonalities about the fact of like, you know, getting into an agency is hard. You know, like, does she have her digitals? Does she's got her comp card? Does she's got a lookbook? You know, um, are you actually legitimate? Like, how many test shoots have you been doing? Right by you talk building commonalities and talking about the subject, you effectively are making yourself an authority on that subject. Don't you think that model's gonna get curious about how you know so much about the industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If someone is able to specifically solve all your game problems and they haven't told you what they do for a living, or they haven't told you 
anything about themselves? Aren't you going to become curious at some point about this person? Yeah, a little bit, of course. Exactly. That's the benefit. See, when you're adding value and you're not talking about yourself, you're making someone curious about you. How is it this person knows so much? How is it they're an authority on this and they haven't told me what they do? Okay, so with adding value, the way that you want to do it is a mat. So you start talking about this this amazing restaurant. You're like, yeah, there's a this really great hole in the wall restaurant. It's literally got like this and this, and you upsell it and you make it sound absolutely amazing. And the girl's like, wow, that sounds dope. Be like, yeah, honestly, it's one of the best places to to go with your friends. And literally, as you go there, uh, as literally as you go there, it's like, dude, the atmosphere is just amazing. It's one of those places that's a hole in the wall. And she's like, she like you sell it so much. She's like, damn, like that's freaking dope. And then she goes, hey, like, do you have the information for it? What do you do? You don't tell her. You don't tell her of the restaurant. You don't tell her where it is. The reason you don't tell her where it is, but you make it sound amazing, is because she's gonna start prodding to get the information from you. And because now she's prodding to get the information from you, you can use it to get the number. Okay. You can literally, you can literally be like, hey, you know what? I actually was thinking about going this Wednesday, actually with a bunch of friends. And since you said you said you mentioned you were really interested in going to the restaurant, what you were interested in going to the restaurant? Just go. She's like, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Like, what's your schedule looking like this week? She goes, oh, my schedule's like this, like this. Okay, cool. Well, what's the days that work for you specifically where you're not going to flake? Well, this day and this day. Do you, okay, does this time and this day or this, this time and this day work? She goes, well, this time works better for me. Okay, great. What's the best way to keep in touch? She's going to say, oh, well, I can give you my number. No, no, no. Here's another. I don't say you give it to her. What you do is you tease her with the value by talking about it, but you don't give it to her. Yeah. You ever seen on stage where they're like, here's five, here's five ways to trigger compliance, and they only ever give you four? In that fifth one, they say, you got to get our e-course to get the rest. That's the whole point. Because like, you've got to invest to get the value. So you do the same thing with a girl. You tease about it. You talk about it. You make it sound amazing. You build rapport. And you here's the thing. You want to do this as many times as possible to find many different ways of keeping in touch. Because the more commonalities that you have, maybe she likes great restaurants. She wants to go. You know, you have a connection or wherever she wants to meet. You have some hobbies that she also wants to enjoy and dabble in. The more of those commonalities and similarities that you have in place and the more value that you have to offer, the more potential that she's going to see that she wants you and that she wants you in her life. Because of the potentiality for value that you can add. Okay, okay. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Okay, think about that's it. That's not something. That's not, that's not the way. That's not something I think about often, actually. That's a pretty new concept. Oh yeah. Because it's a way to garner investment. Yeah, yeah. See, most people, what they do is they give they give the value away. So then the person doesn't learn to value it. So what you do is you tease the value, they chase the number, you get the number with a time bridge specific for a date and time within three days for you to meet. Then the girl is chasing that information because she really wants to be able to go. And the only way for her to be able to go is to meet up with you to be able to get the value. So, she, she is, so you see how you're getting her to invest? See, before you add the value... She has to show up. Then she can get access to it. But if she doesn't show up, she's not getting it. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So, um, this one, here's what this is. So you, so 
you understand about adding value. I, I'm really trying to beat it into your head because that's a core part of comfort. It's a core, core part of comfort. When you said adding value, I was thinking also about the community mainstream of adding value, which yeah. is basically share stuff about you. Yeah, but that's stupid, though. Share your opportunities. I feel like what you said is more about sharing your opportunities. Exactly. And the things that you do. Exactly. I was thinking more about the just sharing your personality. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't want to do that, though. Think about it. Some most people don't really care about your personality until they see how it's going to benefit them. Mm. See, this is the problem that the community has. They talk. They like the things they're talking about are good things. They're like, oh, just share something about yourself. But the thing is, you have to. What you need to learn is is when to share, when to volunteer information. So you, what you're doing is you're calibrating the information that you're giving and that and that you're that you're telling to this person. And the reason here's the th oh, there's a great quote that I learned that I heard from Michael Sartain one night where we were out at Stout Burger at like 4 a.m. So we're having a burger, and he literally tells me he goes he's he, I can remember because he's got this thick heavy Texas accent, and he's like Jay, there's one thing I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. A girl does not need to know that much about you to fuck you. And I was like, wait, what? But then once I had experience with it, and I was like, damn, this girl fucked me and didn't know my name. Yeah. This girl fucked me and didn't know what I did for a living at all. I didn't talk about me at all. I talked about her all the time. I was vague about what I did, and I, deal, and I just kept DLVing myself. Because think about it, the more I DLV myself, the more she has to invest, the more she's investing to find out more. The more she's qualifying saying, oh, no, you're cool, you're cool. The more she's qualifying about how dope you are. And by her saying that, she's triggering commitment consistency. She's selling, she's sell, she's selling you to you. Remember? And if she's selling you to you, what is she doing? She's investing. Think about it. Have you ever noticed people of power don't really talk about themselves? You really don't ever know shit about them? Yeah, that's true. So why is it that we learn in game to share if people of power aren't doing it? That's my point. So I'll, I, can give you, I can give you example after example. I went to a job interview uh, for Tao Group. This was last year. I, I didn't share shit about myself. I just mainly talked to the GM about himself, what got him started, the vision for Tao, where he sees it going, what his job title is, where he's trying to go with it, where he came from, his background, crack jokes, didn't talk about me at all. I kept flipping it back on him again and again and again. Dude, dude hired me for the job just specifically because of the fact I talked about him with him. Yeah. Dude didn't even, dude didn't ask, ask about my qualifications at all. He felt I was the person for the job because he talked and because he was getting positive uh, chemical association to me because his oxytocin was flowing and he's talking to me. He likes me. Uh, yeah. Damn. Nice. It's really working even, even in those situations. Yep. Because, dude, it's psychological principles. This is not something that you just use once or twice. You can always use this. So the next part is the number close. There's four types of number clothes. I, no, sorry, I believe there's three actually. I think I might have fucked up. The, no, there's four. I'm oh, my bad. There's four. There's there's the there's the there's there's oh. So each of these clothes like have more risk than the other. Um. So the the, the least risky one is the networking clothes. 
So this is, you have a connection that she wants to meet? Okay. Yeah, so it's like, hey, you know what, um, you know what I can go ahead, what I can go ahead and do is I can go ahead and talk to my, I can go ahead and talk to my boy and then from there, um, we can get on a three-way, we can get on a three-way phone call and I can, I can help, and then I, like you get on a three-way phone call with the person that you're going to, that's going to add the value and then what you do is you help that person get what they want by walking them through it, by doing that. By specifically doing that, you're adding value and you're getting the person to invest a lot. Okay. The next one is the, the party close. This is you have an event or something that you can invite this girl to. So it's like, um, hey, you know, you got really dope, you got really dope vibes. You've got this event that's coming up. And because you specifically mentioned that you were into this, you'd actually be perfect at this. What's the best way to keep in touch? Okay. So the next one is the place oh the place of interest closed. This is there's a restaurant that she wants to find. This is there is a so there's a restaurant that she wants to find. There is some 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 place she wants to travel to. This is some shopping mall that she wants to see. There's some there's some tourist site that she wants to get access to. And then what, then what you do with that one is like, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I actually don't have the information on hand about that specific place, but I know my friend does. What I can easily do is go ahead and ask him about it, and then I can go ahead and send it over to you. That sound good? She's like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Okay, cool. What's the best way of keeping in touch? Okay, cool. Okay. Yep. 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 The last one is the, is the direct close. The direct close, this actually has the, is like the most risky because it's pretty much just letting her know like you fucking like her. So, and this is like, hey, um, you know, you, like, hey, this is a really great conversation. Let's continue this. What's the best way of keeping in touch? Not necessarily. See, see, the reason that you think she's going to see you as see, you're so brainwashed by the pickup community about if you don't make it clear about your intent that she's going to see you as a friend that's the problem see here's the thing what guys don't get if a girl likes you she's going to go out of her way to make it be known that she likes you but when a girl doesn't like you she goes out of her way to make it known that she does not like you and what 90 percent of game teaches us is remember i'm teaching we're teaching you how to make women chase you not you chase women see remember do you see what what's the if, do you remember what I said about going direct with the opener? You're statistically lowering your odds of getting the girl to chase and getting the girl to like you because she, like, we only appreciate that which we earn. Remember that? Has this girl earned for you to be direct? Most of the time you will not be direct. One of the ways that you will be, you're going to be direct is when you hit qualification. But you're not going to be direct in terms of like, oh, I want to fuck you. You're going to be direct in terms of like, hey, you know what? You've got it. Like, I really like when you do that because it shows me this X quality about you. I, I respect that of somebody or I admire that. I only surround myself with people like that. By, by doing that, you are, you are going direct by qualifying her and telling her it's because of these specific reasons that you're even allowed to be around me. 
Think about the frame that's setting. See, this is what everyone forgets. Qualification, it, by the very nature, I want you to think of. I want you to think of qualification as filtering shit. If you think about it that way, it makes it really easy. So, like, I want you, so I want you to think about your average doctor. The doctor goes to goes to medical school for for you know 20, 30 years to be a fully practicing doctor. If that doctor did not have those qualifications, would you want him performing surgery on you? Exactly. So qualification removes people away from us that don't have the qualifications to be able to help us. So I want you to think of qualification like this. You are effectively setting parameters and perimeters for people to jump through to prove to you they are the right person to be in your life. This is why most guys have a problem with girls. Have you ever been with a girl and she says, I don't understand why you like me? Okay, if a girl says that, it's because you didn't qualify. You basically, you basically only fucked her because she was good looking. You didn't give a fuck about any other qualities. I want you to think about this. When you go apply for a job, if you don't have the qualifications, do you get hired for that job? Because what? You clearly don't have the experience to execute for the position that you were applying for. See, people of power always qualify. Douglas Kenrick figured out that human beings have qualifiers. Like, and I want you to think of, see, see, everyone has qualifiers, but most people's qualifiers aren't really that deep or that strenuous. The more strenuous your qualifications are, the more that you qualify other people, you are in a position of power because you are the one that's making the choice. See, people of power can qualify you. The more, some, the more power someone has in your life, the more heavier they can qualify you. And the less power they have in your life, the less they can qualify you. This is why the homeless guy can't qualify you. He doesn't have any status. He doesn't have any power. One of the ways of being able to showcase power is being able to garner more and more and more investment from the girl. Because the more investments you are able to consistently cycle from her, it gets to a place where she starts to care very much about what you think. Because she is, she is proving herself to you. The more someone, like, okay, you ever seen at a job they give, they give you a 90-day probation period for, before you get the job? You know during that 90 days you were on your best fucking behavior and you were working really hard because you really want the job? Yeah. Okay, why don't you, do, why don't you take the same mentality to the girls that you talk to? Okay, that you were qualifying and you were screening for the right girl. And if she doesn't fit it, you can be a friend, but you, you can never be someone that dates me. So, you got all the number closes. You've got all the you 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 know how to you know how to build commonalities. You know about the conversational topics you're supposed to talk about. You understand about conversational flow. You specifically understand how to open, how to transition, and you understand about the principles of attraction and utilizing and leveraging pre-selection. Okay, here are some of the basic drills that you need to go focus on. When you go out, you need to, from now on, go do 50 opens. Every night that you go out, you must do 50 sets. 50 opens. So you need to, you need to open 50 girls. 50 in one night? In one night, yes. Damn, okay. Because we're trying to get you away from having approach anxiety. The more 
approaches that you do, two things happen. One, you're building social proof. Two, you're not getting approach anxiety. The, the way that you do the 50 opens is you give a compliment and you run away. Because as you do that, what you're able to do, you're able to get through your 50 pretty quick. You're able to get yourself in a prime state for wanting to open. By the time you hit that 51st set, the, the whole room is warm. Okay. So the next part of that is what we call set depth, which is once you hit that 51st set, your job is to stay in set as long as you possibly can. Okay. Okay. So the only way that you are allowed to leave the set is if you hear five times that I have to go. Five times. Five times that, that the girl has to go. Or she has to tell you to fuck off like she's actually angry and tells you to fuck off. Okay. Or like she physically like slaps you like slaps you or assaults you. Well, here's the thing. If you're building rapport, if you're building commonalities, if you're building commonalities, building rapport properly shouldn't happen. There should be no way that you ever get slapped. You get slapped, you grab, you broke, you broke rapport, and you severed, you probably severed rapport way too hard. Because remember, every time you break, so you know, this is like a, this is going into the next part of the lecture, but like every time you break rapport, you always want to build comfort or to build the, 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 the you want to build rapport to build up. To, every time you break rapport, you lose a bit of comfort, and every time you build a bit of comfort, you lose a bit of attraction. So like, I want you to think about it like a seesaw. So you go back and forth between breaking rapport and building rapport, breaking rapport and building rapport, which is attraction, comfort, attraction, comfort. It's like a seesaw. So every time you break rapport, it's a, you lose a little bit more comfort. Break rapport again, lose a little bit more comfort. Lose a little bit more comfort. When you get to the place where she gets this shocked look like, like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. That's when it's time to build comfort now because you're at that edge. And then you start building comfort to build it back. As long as you understand, like, oh, shit, I'm breaking rapport. Time to, time to build it back. Yeah. So the, next, the, the, the last drill is what we call the war of attrition. The war of attrition is last dick standing. Your job is to stay in set till you close. So you stay with, like, you know, it's getting late in the end of the night. You're with the set for a minute. You're like, okay, cool. I'm staying with this set till, I'm staying with the set till the close. And the job is to pull. Yeah, and the, the and the way that's really easy to do it is to just hang, is to like literally not isolate, but to actually keep the group the, together, and game the group as a unit. Okay. 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 Now, one of the 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 only the, uh, the let's see one of the other drills. So you've got the drill that's called question statement response. That's like one of your your comfort drills, right? You've got the who, what, where, when, why. You've got the comfort formula. You've got the oh, sorry. You've got the you've got the the you've got the the formula for for investment, right? And you've also got the yeah. formula for comfort, yeah. right? Those are all part of your little cheat sheet. You can always like reference that whenever you go out and field. Okay. Okay. And one of the best things to do is whenever you get some uh, sometimes people tend to get stuck whenever they're talking to a girl. I always tell guys this, if ever you get stuck when talking to a girl, two things have happened. 
you're either cutting her off too early, like some guys start trying to build rapport, and then what they do is they don't let her finish her statement. They don't let her finish talking. So when you ask a question, the thing you should do is listen, smile, and nod your head. And the reason that you smile and nod your head is because what you are doing is you are triggering investment by rewarding compliance. You are using operant conditioning through your smile and through nodding your head saying, I'm attentive, I am listening, keep going. Okay. And the person will keep going. Okay. The other thing is, when you respond back to what she said, relating to it, you want to give her a big verbal reward. Dude, that's like, yo, that's fucking, that, yo, that's dope that you love surfing. Because if I ask you something like this, what's your favorite thing to do in the world? Surf. Surfing's cool. How encouraged are you to continue talking to me? Okay. How encouraged? Very encouraged. Yeah. No, but no, no, think about it. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really make it pronounced. Okay. What's your favorite thing to do in the world? Surf. You know, uh... Eh, surfing's a guess. Surfing's cool, I guess. How do you feel now? Well, that's not great. Exactly. You don't really care about it. Ex thank you. So if she's talking to you, why do you think most times she stops talking? Oh, I get your point. All right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is... So like uh, so let me uh, I want to ask you like um you know because you said you were into marketing you know you know what like why like why is it that you do marketing like what's in it for you because I like it I like to share with people mm -hmm. and I like to mm -hmm. I like the feeling when they enjoy what I put out keep going That's it? Uh, much, yeah. Do you see how much more I got in you see do you see how do you see the first time you tried to stop? Uh, how I yeah. Okay, how did I get more investment out of you? Yeah, yeah, by asking me to keep going actually. Okay. So if this was in person I'd be nodding my head and giving gestures like keep going. Okay. And do you see how you laughed? You got slightly uncomfortable? See, when you did that, you were you were actually investing by creating comfort. It was uncomfortable for you, and you and your brain wants to alleviate the feeling, so you laugh to break the tension. That's actually you investing. Okay, and I get the invested because you pushed me to keep going. Exactly, that was a break in rapport. Yeah. And that's, that is literally it. That is the lecture. All right. All right, man. That, that's thick. That's very woke. Nice. All right, man. Cool. So now you've got your cheat sheet. That's the cheat sheet you're going to use to go out. And then we'll schedule the next time to do the next part of the lecture, which is breaking rapport and qualification. Uh, okay. Okay. Go out, practice it, send me a photo for it, so that way... We can we can see that you're actually practicing, and that you're not keyboard jocking it up. Yeah. 
okay, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. Remember that, because if I, if I reach out to you and it's not done, we're going to have some problems. Cool. Sounds good. All right, brother. I, I got to run, and you've got to go ahead and knock out and go to sleep. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again so much for the help. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's I'm I'm working on. I'm actually trying to work on that now before I go to dinner in two hours. All right, brother. No problem. Talk to you soon.